Hi friend, I'm Tanya Gill. Welcome to Lighten Up and Unstuck Your What the Fuck. Together, we explore the ways through life's stickiest moments and how to live with more peace, joy, love, and gratitude. We're going to talk honestly about what isn't easy so you can discover the light within you that will carry you forward. My friend, this podcast is about you in real life, your body, mind, and soul, and the opportunity to not only live your best, but shine doing it. Amy, I am so glad to share space with you. (laughs) Thank you. I really am. I really am. The first time I heard you speak, I was captivated. You spoke to my heart, my friend. And, um, and I think I'm one of your fangirls in one of those ways, you know what I'm saying? So I am so glad that you are here. Amy, from my understanding, you are in um, Arizona. Yes. And you consider yourself a, a emotional resiliency coach. Yes. But you also have a lot of other qualifications, experiences. And what I was really interested in is that you do EFT and card readings as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so would you consider yourself an intuitive? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's the basis of all of it. It was uh, learning to tap into that intuition coming from a space if I had no idea what even, that even meant. Um, like most people I've heard, you know, that gut feeling or mother's intuition, but not correlating a spiritual intuition. And the way I start tapping into that is through, uh, I started seeing a psychic medium at like 31 years old. Um, and she's telling me I'm sitting in front of her. I'm, I'm a mess. I feel broken. I feel lost. I'm pissed, like all of it. And she's like, oh, you're a healer and a teacher. And I was like, fuck you, I am. (laughs) Do you not fucking see me right now? I'm actually very, very broken. And I'm actually falling apart. What the fuck are you saying? (laughs) That's right. I was just like, I I just the look, I'm sure look on my face and my jaw dropping. I'm just like, are you serious right now? I have a background, just so you know, I have a background of being introverted. Okay. So introverted, shy, timid, intimidated, you know, and I, I don't want any kind of, of focus on me. I don't want responsibility for anybody else's shit. I, I was like, no, I am not. (laughs) And I never will be right. That word that gets us in trouble all the time. I will never be a teacher or step into any, like a healing, a healer. Seriously. No. So you're talking to the wrong girl. <laughs> so that sounds like a pretty, actually, that sounds like a what the F moment, right? It's kind of like, whoa, like I'm kind of, and you, you described yourself as broken, which is, oh yeah, it's a, that's a really, really gritty word to describe a place of being. Um, I know that I have also had, had times in my life when I felt broken and whenever I hear that someone else was in a place of feeling broken, I just think that is just so close to just saying, I fuck it. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. Like mine was more of a fuck it. I don't want to be here. I thought about that since for about 14 years old, 
I didn't want to be on the planet. And I thought almost every day on how to exit out. And, you know, I think that's actually, it's interesting because that's where I was going because really I've been there too. I too have been to the point where I had a plan and, um, and being in that broken space is really, really scary. So if you had a message for somebody who felt like that, what would you say to them? That when we reach that point, that's uh, mine was based around shame and shame is like the bottom of the barrel because that's when we lose all hope. Um, it's it what saved me and I know some people may struggle with this because they may not have somebody in their life to focus on but was what actually kept me going even though I was contemplating suicide almost daily, I was, I mean, in my head, I was figuring shit out. I was like, well, you know what? I could take pills. Um, but probably, you know what I would happen is I probably wouldn't take enough. You know, <laughs> I totally had that thought. I'm like, if I take all these pills and I don't have enough and then I cause brain damage or like, and, and it's amazing where a mind can go and we can laugh about it, but it's pretty serious shit. Like this I is know. serious. And, and so what actually kept me going was um, I thought my grandmother, my grandparents pretty much raised me. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom was doing the best she could in providing for us. So, and she too, you know, was seeking outside of herself for love and on the relationships and work and all that. So my grandparents basically raised me and I really had a close relationship to my grandmother. And that was the thought was I could never do that. Even though I thought about it every day, I could never do that to my grandmother. So I had to find, I found something greater than myself for a reason to be here. And then at 25, even, I mean, I contemplate this into my thirties. I'm 51 now, almost 52. Um, But at 25 is when my son, when I gave birth to my son and then he became the reason. Right. Um, and in our journey together at a very young age, um, I, and, and through my healing process, I strongly feel and know in my heart that he was placed with me to save me. He was an angel. He absolutely was. And, and the biggest piece of that, that, that really um, made that a realization for me was. Um, you know, he was born at, when I was 25 at 28 was when I, what I call my spiritual conscious spiritual journey, uh, as somebody handed, somebody recommended or gave me the book uh, by Sylvia Brown, which opened me up to the world of, uh, what we call metaphysical or spiritual past lives, um, being a spirit embodied, you know, just all this terminology I had no concept of but it resonated resonated with me at such a deep core and I was fascinated. And so then I couldn't read enough of these books. Well, as I'm reading and my son's getting older at like six years old, we find out he can see auras and he can see spirit. I'm just learning about this. He's six. And I, it, it put a fuel, a fueled my fire to learn as much as I could, as fast as I could, so I could explain to him what was going on. And through that is where it really enhanced my spiritual connection and returning back to myself in my self-love. 
And that's why I say he, he saved me. Amazing. And in that time, so from, from, uh, after he was born, a couple years after he was born, like I started drinking because what I found out was when I was, when I was intoxicated, I had a really good time, but when I was sober, I was very angry and my head was spinning with the shame and the guilt and the depression and all the stories. And I, I, you know, it's that, that it's just spirit in, in me was so strong. And even though I wanted to give up that it was, um, I knew my body couldn't sustain that type of abuse. So in, interesting enough in the, in the story, you know, now I look back and I'm like, um, I was abandoned by my biological father. So I've never met him. Uh, he left when my mom got pregnant. And then my mom um, married a, a guy who was emotionally and mentally abusive. And then I had a second stepdad who was mentally and emotionally abusive. And like neither one of them were physical, but I mean, still same damage. And or sometimes as, it can be argued worse, actually. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah. So when I looked back on my life, I was like, I was doing to myself that which I didn't want. I abandoned myself and I was abusing myself, but I was doing what I knew how to do to survive. Well, and, and I think it's really important that people recognize that exactly that exact thing, because what happens is, is we can beat the shit out of ourselves and be like, oh my God, this, these are all the things that I'm doing to abuse myself, to abandon myself, to hate on myself. And, and instead of giving space and grace to that and saying, and this is what I can do differently right now in baby steps, 1% changes to show up for myself. Right. And, and it's so easy to get into that cycle of beating the shit out of yourself. Yeah. And, <laughs> and instead of saying, that has happened for a reason, right? And that's that, what the fuck, what's this for? Right. That has happened for a reason. Like you, your son came into your life for a reason. You had those experiences of, of childhood as traumatic as they were. And I do honor that, that you're sharing that you did have a traumatic childhood and, and, you know, I, I, it's important that we not dismiss the trauma of our past. And yet at the exact same time, there is a possibility to find the silver linings and the what's this for, because it sounded like a lot of this was that spark in your spiritual path. And now you're a healer. And now I'm a speaker and a teacher and a healer. (laughs) I just laugh about it all the time. I'm like, how did this happen? <laughs> she was right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I have to share. I have to share this story with you. I, I have seen many psychics and many mediums over the years, and I've had some really beautiful experiences. And one of the things that has been a common theme, whenever I have spoken with a psychic or had my cards read or whatever, I always get this same message. Um, that I should either stare at a candle or I need to meditate more. I need to spend time in stillness and I'll be the first to admit, I don't like spending time in stillness. Um, And so um, 
this last time uh, we were in New Orleans and there was, I was just drawn to this woman on the street who was doing readings and she was just awesome. She had the coolest vibe ever. <laughs> and I sat down and she's this large, larger than life black woman and her fingers were covered in rings and she just had this glorious energy about her like I was drawn to her and and she gave me a reading and the only thing I remember from that reading was at the very end she looked at me and she said you need to start staring at a candle (laughs) and I flew off the fucking handle. Peter was right there and he was laughing at me. And I'm like, I'm so sick of the universe telling me this. I am so done with this. I don't need fucking candles. I don't need to meditate. I need to get shit done. Um, so since then I have, um, you know, had a hard crash and I meditate at least once a day and I always have candles happening. So maybe I finally surrendered a little to what the universe is saying. No, never say never telling you never say never never (laughs) oh my gosh oh my gosh okay so I had another question for you okay um you on your website I was looking at your website and one of the things that you talked about is the nudges from spirit and so I know what nudges from spirit are but I think often a lot of people don't even know when they're getting nudges from spirit and there's a lot of power in and and growth that comes from those nudges and from spirit. So will you share with me how you describe that experience? Okay. Um, most of the time I, I use examples or stories to explain things. So I'm a storyteller. I'm like, you, you, yeah. you have yeah. two hours. <laughs> so, um Nudges from spirit are those moments when you know something or you know you should be doing something or do something different or move in a different direction. Take take a right when you go to work instead of a left like you normally do. It's just those little subtle messages. And you get like, for example, traffic. So typically when you go to work, you turn left at a certain intersection and today it says, you know, you, you just, something says turn right and you don't. Well, you go ahead and turn left and now you're caught in an accident or you get in an accident or something happens and you're like, God, I should have listened to that. I, sh- I knew I should have turned right. I, I've done that countless times in my life. Countless. Right. That's this, those nudges, those spiritual nudges that it's a knowingness that we don't um, for the most part, people don't know how to explain that they know these things, but if we learn to understand that spirit is energy, so we're energy, everything around us is energy. So when we transition from this physical body, we're returning back into an energy form that we can't see, but we can definitely feel, and we can still communicate with. And so I call it my universal team universe includes my universal team includes all of spirit. God, angels, ascended masters, spirit guides, archangels, uh, ancestors, deceased loved ones, like all of the whole meal, right? And it's party world, man. It oh, is man. party world. I yeah. call it the big disco ball in the sky. There you um, go. Yeah, it is. It's the party world. I love it. Yeah. And and so it's it's 
I call also the spiritual GPS system. So when we're in tune with our spiritual GPS system, then it actually helps us navigate life. That's our support system. Like I could depend on you for support, but what happens when you're no longer around? Now what? The spiritual GPS system is for life. It's until we take our last breath. It, it can't be taken away. And um, so learning to, that, that was a huge piece of um, this journey was learning about spirit, learning about connecting with spirit, the intuition. So, you know, your clairvoyance, claircognizance, clairsentient, clairfragrant, clairaudient, like all the clairs, all our sisters, <laughs> um, learning to tap into those. And everybody has those has those abilities typically you have one that is the strongest and when you nurture that so mine's clairsentient which means i'm a, a feeler i feel energy and i feel stuff in my body that the more i tapped into that listened to it was in tune with it the rest of them opened up and it's and it's just it's so now i find it it's like so much fun because I'm listening more and I'm not, you know, bumping my head all the time. Um, but what helped me do that in my journey was after three years of seeing this psychic medium and her telling me for three years that you're a healer and a teacher and me telling her no, this one time she just chewed, like she chewed me out. She gave me a what for up one side, down the other. And like, we're arguing about it. And then finally I said, fine, I'll do it. Right. <laughs> I was so mad. Um, she goes, just start practicing with your friends and family. Fine. <laughs> so I gave into it. Um, but what I recognized was that I was, it really made me be present because I was tuning into somebody else's energy and their space. And then that, unfolded into me experiencing when I'm when I'm doing energy work with somebody ex experiencing their physical discomfort in my body so then that became a tool that that I use that as guidance it doesn't mean I take on their pain or their discomforts it just means this is a guidance tool that I can utilize to help me navigate their body and their energy once I acknowledge it, I'm like, okay, my right shoulder's hurting. I know this isn't mine. You can take it out of me now. And it's, it's like gone within seconds. Um, so it, this is when like the whole world of energy opened up to me. It was so fascinating. And I just love it to this day. I just love it. I love how our brain works. I love the energy. I love, I love spirit. It's just so fun now. Isn't it so incredible? Like you're talking about spirit. And I know that I may have listeners who are religious or are spiritual or none of the above. And I have always leaned very hard against, I will say, or resisted traditional Western religion and mm -hmm. always felt a spiritual knowing. I've always been intuitive. And as I step more authentically into myself and trust myself more, I'm getting more downloads and more information and, and more clarity, which is amazing and also super scary. But you know what you're like, as you're talking about it, about energy, like there are so many 
realms, if you will, that we just, we try so hard to stay so concrete in this world. And, and, you know, like we know, for example, of the five senses, which I always find really funny because we stopped at five. We just gave up. It was like, that's it. That's all. We've got five (laughs) senses. And yet we know intuitively that we have more senses than that. We just haven't been able to label them because we can't concretely identify what they are like science would prefer, right? That's what I was saying. I was like, it's because they can't explain it. Right. Absolutely. And, and so, and for example, you know, like animals, we know, for example, that dogs clearly have a communication realm that we don't understand, but they clearly, it clearly exists. They have their own communication plane and, and I have a friend who's a dog whisperer and I find her incredibly fascinating. And, you know, and I just think to myself, energy is, energy can't be created or destroyed. We are all energy. Everything is energy. We come from energy. We return, we return to energy when we die. And, and I just describe that as just love and light. At the end of the day, we're just love and light. And I kind of like to think of the world as a giant experimental playground, if you will. Um, you I know. call it the, the ghetto of the universe. <laughs> like the aliens are like, just keep going. Don't stop there. Right, right. That we, we, we draw, and my thing is, is they dropped us into the playground and said, okay, you know what? We're going to mix this shit up and see what you're going to do with, when you create messes for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I really believe that at the end of the day that, that, and I, I hate it to sound cliche, but world peace, if you will, really comes through connection. I do believe that it comes through connection. So, yeah. Well, I heard Wayne Dyer, this is where it made a lot of sense to me about being a spirit and body. And then when we get done with the body, then we transition back to spirit. He's like, if you take a, if you take an orange and cut it, and have a slice of orange is still a slice of orange. So it's still uh, the same as what its source was as the whole. And I, so it really got me to think, and it was like, yeah. And so he, you know, he goes on to explain that we come from source. We're energy. We come from source. And if source is love, then, then our spirits coming into a physical body, we are still a source of love. And so that love already resides within us. So when we're, I know in my life, you know, I was seeking outside of myself for everybody to love me. So I felt loved and accepted instead of knowing that love was already a part of me. I needed to tap into it for myself. So it doesn't. Honoring that space of then being able to love yourself, right? right? Yeah. And so my spirit is already love. And so I'm already loved. And, um, and, you know, when it comes to, um, you can, I interchange God, the divine source universe, and you know what, you can just use the word love so that totally, because it's all the same energy. And, and that's, you know, to me, spirit is love. And then people, you know, I know people ask, well, what about those? those mean or dark energies well there are mean and dark people they just haven't they're just 
uh, disconnected from their, their source of love that's already in them as well. So uh, Wayne Dyer explained, he's like the ego, if you, the acronym for ego is edging God out or edging goodness out. It's just when we get more into our ego, we're getting um, uh, a more distant uh, disconnection from our source of love. So when we start to close that gap, then that's when we start to cultivate the love that we have for ourselves or our spirit. And, and, and I think that for people, for example, who are uncomfortable with the concept of God to just lean into the idea of love, love. is such a powerful thing. And, you know, as you were saying, you know, evil spirits or evil energies or negative spirits or negative energies, I do believe that, that, that that exists, but I do think that we are all born of love and then return to love. And, and even for myself, part of my healing process and part of my forgiveness path in forgiving my father for sexual trauma that I experienced as a child has been about reminding myself that he was born of love and he chose the experiences in the life that he had. And that these were the lessons and these were the, this was the path that was his and it was hard and it was gritty. And oh my God, I would not want to walk in his shoes for any part of his life, including in utero and, and including his death. And as, as all of this has transpired, as he passed and as I was trying to come to this place of forgiveness, which I didn't believe I would ever be able to forgive. It was like one day I literally was like, oh, it's actually not that hard to forgive because he was of love. He had his worldly experience and he returns to love. So actually I'm able to have a better relationship with him now Mm -hmm. than I did in his worldly form. Right. Yep. Absolutely. hundred percent. And, and I actually do feel that I truly do feel like I now trust that my dad has my back. Yeah. Yep. And it's the same with the person who molested me. He's in spirit as well, but I, you know, they, they still had, even in, in their own mess, they still had some amazing qualities. Um, Mine was very strong. He was very intuitive. Um, He was very confident, like all the tools that I need, right. To get through this life. Um, but I also want to, you know, the process is that we have to understand that they had a life before we were born. They had a childhood where they had experiences that we may not ever even know about. And so example of my first stepdad, um, he was mentally and emotionally abusive, but I know from the stories that my mom told me is that he came from a very intense, abusive family. Mm-hmm. So in his mind, with me, first of all, not even being his own child, that he was felt within himself that what he was doing it was the best he could do. And he probably saw it as being better than what his childhood was. But then I'm still affected by it from that experience of abuse, right? So it's just knowing that their childhood has affected them and they're growing up into adulthood. Now they have you know children 
and freaking nobody has a manual. Nobody knows. And, and you take, I, I witnessed this. It's just so freaking amazing, but now I get it. But there's, I watched like my mom's the oldest of six kids and how intensely different all of them are raised under the same roof, same parents. And they're all completely different. And that, you know, just being around that and through my journey of healing and stuff, like my mind starts going, wow, this is so freaking fascinating how we operate. It really is. And, and, and also I think too, as you're talking about that trauma, I mean, absolutely. I know that my dad also had a traumatic past and, and, and intergenerational trauma exists. So who knows how many generations back that trauma existed. And, you know, we are in a position of changing that narrative for the generations Mm -hmm. forward, right? That's the beautiful piece, right? I know that my children have been raised with so much love and yeah, you know what? I've given them shit because I'm still their mama, but (laughs) But, you know, like I know that they have been raised with as as much love and kindness and consideration and compassion and, and presence as I've been able to provide them. And, um, and, and who, and I've always said though, I saved plenty of money to put money away for their therapy when they're adults. (laughs) I'm pretty sure they're going to have mama issues because I'm certainly not perfect and I probably fucked up and it'll come up. Right. But we do, you're right. We do our best. We do our best. And when we start, when we start, you know, you go back to the forgiveness and compassion, those go hand in hand. When you have forgiveness, you learn compassion. It's automatic. And when you are going through your own journey of forgiveness, put your name at the top of the list. Right? Yes. A fucking men sister. Yeah. Because when you do your own forgiveness for yourself, most of all the other names are just going to drop off the list. You, you don't need to go to them. Absolutely. And here's, here's an interesting. So I'm just going to put this out for thought. Cause I think about this a lot and I, it actually pissed me off when I thought about this. <laughs> I love talking but, to okay. people off. <laughs> it makes you think. Okay. Um, so I, you know, I, I, Okay. We're spirited now. You got to understand. I'm putting these this together as I'm reading all these books and and listening to spiritual teachers. Right, this is in my 30s, and this is why it made me mad. So we're spirit and body. We come from source. We're love. We come into the physical body so we can have an earth life. Yeah. Okay. So then it's like put your name at the top of the forgiveness list. Well, what am I forgiving myself for? I'm forgiving myself for making the choices and decisions for fill in the blank. And you just go back as far as you can. And then it's like, I chose to come here. Right. I chose, I chose my parents to put me in this predicament. That's going to help me grow and expand spiritually. So that's why I was pissed. Cause I was like, I, I chose this. <laughs> oh my God. Amy. Amy, the night, so my husband died in the morning, he drowned and and we were on a vacation in Mexico. And that night I was sitting on the beach bawling, losing my fucking mind. I knew I had to tell my four-year-old who I hadn't seen since it happened. And 
I was like losing my mind. And as I was having this experience, I was, I, and I, I prayed sort of, I had a conversation with the universe and I said, I just need to be able to move forward with grace and gratitude and joy. And I don't know how the fuck to do it, but I know I have to. And I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm like trying to just breathe basically. And then I have this moment of feeling that this is for a higher purpose. And then exactly. I was so fucking mad because I was like, this is not the life I chose. This is, I would not come to this life to choose to lose my soulmate, to become a widow at 33, to have a four-year-old and an eight-month-old to raise on my own. What the fuck? There's no way I would choose this. I wouldn't choose the molestation, right? Or the abuse. I was like, no way. Right? Why would I choose these things? And, you know, and then I'm reminded, okay, maybe these things happen so that we can show ourselves how we can show up for ourselves, how we can spread love and light in those what the fuck moments, in the craziness, in all of the unpredictable shit and glorious juiciness that is life. Yep. And that's, you know, when I was molested at 14, I was, that was, that's the question that went that, that I had was what, what the fuck is this life really? Because I, I experienced all this stuff, the abuse, the the abandonment, the molestation, and then you add the rape and the murders and the, the, all the other stuff, people are unhappy. And so, you know, having these in, in the, in the parallel of thinking about suicide, asking God, why are we here? Why am I experiencing all this pain? And then I'm going to take my last breath and die. Really? Are you serious? Right? Are you kidding me? Is this a joke? (laughs) I don't get it. Right. And then we start asking, what's the purpose? That's usually a number one question anybody has when they get a reading by a, a medium or psychic is what is my purpose? And that was it. It was like, why am I in this physical body? Why am I on this planet? And it, and it, what it can't, what it comes down to, to me, uh, and, and this is, I learned this from Sylvia Brown's book was that we come for life lessons. And this is like getting a doctorate, a PhD. When you come to earth, you're getting fucking schooled. Yeah. Earth school. Yeah. Is the hardest school. It's the hardest planet It's the hardest life to have. And, and, uh, I know that it came down to my life lesson, top number one lesson, what I'm graduating with is self-love because I was taught to seek love outside of myself. And, and so I had lots of boyfriends and when they got what they needed and they no longer talked to you, you know, teenage, adolescence and all that, then what, what do we do? What did I do wrong? How come he doesn't like me anymore? I start blaming myself and then back into the depression and back into the suicidal thoughts. And, and it's recognizing that I have to have the love for myself because anything outside of me can be taken away at any second. And, and it is, it's tricky because when we seek outside approval, we then also 
reinforce for ourselves that the outside approval is where our worth is defined. So it's how we show up in service to others. It's how we help others. It's how we never say no to others. Right. And, and then we wring ourselves dry. And I, and I really believe that for a lot of us, especially, I'm going to be honest, women in our age group, we're like, I'm 47. You said you're 51, 51. Mm-hmm. I think there are a lot of women in our age group who are all of a sudden going, I have given so much service to everyone else. And I don't even feel like I know who I am. I don't know what my purpose in life is moving forward. I feel like, and and I don't want to say it's a midlife crisis, but I think it's almost an awakening of, I got to figure this out because TikTok, we actually don't know how much time we have and we want to make it the best, right? right? And it does, Amy, you're so right. It, it's so powerful when you move into that place of loving yourself truly. And people think that self-love is selfish. Yeah, no, it's got, well, it's got to be selfish. It has to be. You have to put yourself first because if your cup is empty, you have nothing to pour from. And if, if I don't have the self-love for myself, so you just think about, you know, a, a child that you're looking in the mirror and you got to keep in mind, our thoughts, our words, and our, our emotions are all energy. Always. So if I'm standing and looking in front of a mirror and putting myself down, yeah. you're overweight, you got all that cellulite, you're, you got these lumps and bumps everywhere, you have wrinkles around your eyes, whatever the story is. Right. And your daughter or your other, your child is standing there, even though you're not saying this out loud, you are, you're expressing all this negative energy to yourself. And then you turn to your child and you're loving on them. That energy is, is, it, it's a, it's a confusing message. And even though you're not saying it out loud, a child is very receptive to energy. They can read us like a book and they know the truth, but we, because we don't, we trying to protect them or, or, we're in denial ourselves. Right. We lie to them. Yeah. Right. We cover up what we're actually going through to protect them. We, we try and, to filter it thinking somehow we're protecting them. Yeah. yeah. So we're, we're sending these conflicting messages to the children and then your child grows up and she's got issues with her body. And you're like, I don't understand. I loved her so much and I poured into her and, and what's wrong. What did I do wrong? Right. And, and it's like, yeah, well, what thoughts were you having in those moments when you're looking in the mirror? Right, exactly. exactly. And people forget about that. They think it's only it only counts if I express it outwardly. And you don't. It's, it's your thoughts, your words, and your emotions. All of it is emanating out. All the time. And, and we... And nobody can deny it. Because anybody who says that they are denying it has to walk in has not had the experience of walking into either a party or a funeral or even a room where you can cut you can cut the air with a knife because of the tension but nobody's saying or doing anything right right all very very different energies right but but that energy certainly exists yeah and come on my kids know i call it tight face 
when I have my unperiod, because I don't have a uterus, but I still have the hormones. Yeah. When I have my unperiod, everybody knows. Mm-hmm. And we call it, we call it tight face. And, and tight face is just when my energy is just heavy and off. And, and quite honestly, it feels like my tight, my face is tight. So we call it tight face. So um, <laughs> now I'm allowed to say that I have tight face, but nobody else is allowed to say that. Oh, okay. Right. So, but it is, it's an energy. You feel it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's the experience of, of knowing that you experience all it's, it's the acceptance that all of those experiences of thoughts and feelings and the energy that you feel is allowed to be what it is too. Yeah. And so I want to go back to what you were talking about. You brought up world peace, world peace, to me, can only exist if every person on the planet in the same moment has peace within themselves. Oh my God. I had a conversation almost identical to this with my husband. And that's (laughs) what I said, because of course we know the world is in a crazy place. And with what has happened in Ukraine and Afghanistan and Sudan, and we can go all through history and, and the different ways that different races and cultures are being treated and and just the the climate of the globe right now both by way of temperature as well as social climate you're right it it is it comes down to that having the peace within ourselves so what we think is that country needs to be peaceful and that country needs to be and these people need to settle down no it it starts here I have to be responsible for my space of peace and you have to be responsible for yours. We can't make each other peaceful. And that's how, and that's how I I call that spreading the love too, right? Because when I love myself, I am more comfortable, more confident, and also more open to loving you. Yeah. And, and, and that invites an opportunity for you to love yourself. And that I think is that beautiful ripple effect that we can create because it does. When we love ourselves, it changes the interactions with everything around us. Uh, And then, yeah, and you have love, but you also stack that with compassion. So now humanity, yeah, now, now that person who has cut you off in traffic and flipped you off you know what, you can just dip down and go, wow, is it, that person's having a rough day. I don't know their story, but you know what? I'm just going to send them some love. The alternate is you get angry, then you get to your destination and you tell your story of how this person, right? And, and the anger and then the energy of the anger or the, the frustration amplifies the energy of war, Absolutely. of drug abuse, of um, sexual abuse of it. It's the energy. And this is why it's so fascinating to me that when you're in a space of, of tight face, you know, the environment is, is, doesn't feel good. And right. everybody can feel that. Right. I witnessed that with my family. I would come home. I'd be happy. I'd be joyful. So good. Everything's great. Everybody was in a good mood. I come home from work being pissed off. Everybody's pissed. 
we're nitpicking and nagging and getting it right so I was like this is real I didn't even have to say anything it was just the energy I brought into the house and I could I was like I am doing this so I would go in the bathroom no no joke once I realized how uh, amazing energy is I would go in the bathroom I just give myself a talking to him like look you're being a real bitch right now and you need to straighten your shit up and get it together and put a smile on your face and be happy because you're affecting this household. Right. And then I'd start laughing and and get myself out and switch my energy up and then go out. Everybody was happy. Never said a word to them, never said anything about what I did, but now all of a sudden everybody's in a good mood. So this is where it comes to taking responsibility for our own energy, our, the space that we, this, the container we're in. And, and you know what, like I call it raising your vibe. Right. And it's, and it's so funny, right? Because I, I, whenever I see the stickers or the signs or the post good vibes only, I think, well, all vibes need to exist, but good vibes are really nice. Yeah. Right. And so, but, um, but it is, it's like, what can you do? Like what you did in your bathroom, that is, that is you talking to yourself and raising your vibe so that that energy, the vibration, if we're going to be scientific, what vibe is vibration? So that energy vibration, raising your vibe and then going back out. I used to do something similar when I worked in, in uh, child protection, I would go through a process that was different except I had a, a spot. I had the same route. I always drove home and I had a, a red light that I knew that I would almost always hit. And I, as I, if I, if it didn't turn into a red light, I still went through the mental process of literally unzipping and stripping, imagining stripping off a suit of trauma, if you will. Yeah. Um, And, and, you know, and I went through that process. Interestingly enough, I stopped that process when I started working from home, which is a little aha moment for me because it really wasn't that much longer after that, that I was diagnosed with work-related PTSD. Hmm. So maybe part of that was that I had, had not, I think that we really do need to be mindful in, in trying to cleanse ourselves of some of those things too. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And if you, if you follow, you know, Esther Hicks or Abraham, they just tell you like, go take a nap. I'm like, okay, I will, because I'm being a cranky ass right now. <laughs> well, and 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 I and as soon as I hear go take a nap, I'm like, uh-uh. I'm like, I'm not a napper. Don't make me take a nap. But that is a way for a reset, but there are so many other ways. Like one of mine is walking. I love walking. I also journal. I also meditate. What do you do? You nap. What else? <laughs> You know, I don't, I typically, I don't nap a lot. Um, just when I'm not feeling, when I'm listening to my body and my body's feeling low in energy, then I'll, I'll close my eyes for a little bit. But yeah. I, I meditate every day. I call in my angels, my universal team to be with me. Um, I go to the gym, uh, like five, at least five days a week. Uh, I do some journaling. So Yeah. I'll do, I, I love the, the moon. So I totally am resonating with the moon. So I'll go out and stand out in the moon. I love the sun. So I'll just let the, the warmth of the sun on my body, like 
just whatever I feel like in the moment. I dance, you know, put music on, uplifting music with uh, uplifting words. So typically that's uh, um, music that you would find on uh, like a Christian radio station. Um, but I mean, there are, I'm shocked. I'm actually shocked based on what I knew as a child for Christian radio and what's today. Um, I really love Christian music that is uplifting and upbeat because it's so positive and so loving. And so there's many songs that I can put on and just move my body and raise my vibration in that moment. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I think that mainstream music is also, there are quite a few um, songs in mainstream music that for, that really do talk about spirituality in a different way. And like, for example, there's this amazing dance song called, I think it's called Higher Power by Tiesto, maybe. And it's one of my favorite ones to dance to. And it's like, you've got a higher power is what, you know, kind of part of the chorus. And moving and dancing and music totally changes the vibe of a space in such a magical way. Yeah. A little secret. I actually have a three minute and 33, three minute and 33 second dance party with myself every day. And the song that I love um, is it's actually the song that closes my podcast (laughs) shine. And um, I literally, I turn on my phone I turn it on to video. I very rarely do anything with the video, but it's my way of assuring myself that I'm going to dance the whole time. And I literally dance for the three minutes and 33 seconds. And if I'm, I, people like concrete. So people like numbers. So if I'm, for example, vibing at a two, it's so easy in that three minute and 30 seconds to bump it to like a seven or an eight, just like that. Yeah. It's incredible. And that's awesome. I just want to say it's awesome that you say three minutes and 33 seconds because three is very significant to me in my life. <laughs> so there's a reason why we're together. I'm just saying. Right? Driftwood. There's a little driftwood, as, <laughs> as Abraham Hicks would say. There's a little driftwood for you, Amy. <laughs> Confirmation. Confirmation from the universe. I love them. Amy Wade, I am so, so grateful to share space with you. Um, do you have any closing messages you would like to send to our audience if they are feeling stuck or if they are wondering what a next step to do in their lives might be? What, what tip would you give people? You know, I, it's all mindset. It doesn't matter who you talk to in, in business or in spirituality. It starts with the mindset. So you have to shift. Um, And I'm not a person who very often will tell you, you have to do anything or you must do something. Um, But I'm telling you, you have to tell yourself different stories than what you're telling yourself. If you're in those low vibrational emotions, Um, telling yourself stories of defeat, um, of being wrong, of being unloved and unaccepted, that it's, it's not a true story. It's a story. It's a, it's a story that you developed at a very young age. And the truth is that you're very powerful. You're very determined and you have persistence and strength and courage and bravery to be here still on this planet. 
to really start with the mindset and start shifting your stories and and tell yourself how amazing and incredible you really are. Because we all are amazing and incredible. Absolutely. That is so beautiful. Thank you so, so much, Amy. Thank you so much for being here. If people want to find you, where do they find you? AmyWade.com is my website. Uh, I'm on Facebook. So Amy Wade-Emotional Resiliency Coach. Um, And on Instagram, it's Amy Wade Coach. I love it. Amazing. Amazing. Amy, thank you so much for this really beautiful conversation. Oh, seriously, listeners, I know that you have enjoyed this conversation because I know I have. (laughs) Amy is an amazing soul, and I am so grateful to be able to share her with you. If you want to reach out to her, it's again, amywade.com. If you have any thoughts, comments, questions, or anything else about the podcast that you would like to let me know, please feel free to reach me on my website. And again, I know you can listen to anything, anytime, anywhere, because that's where we live right now. And that's the way of the world. So thank you for listening to this. I wish you well, and I love you. Thanks for joining me today, my friend. If you're struggling through your own what the F moments and are ready for a more heart-centered and loving way forward, it is within you. It's time for a self-love adventure. Head on over to perfectlyimperfect.wtf for everything you need, including an amazing community, the collective, beautiful humans on the same self-love adventure. If what you heard today spoke to you, please leave some love with a review and don't forget to share this with a friend or 10. I hope to see you on the inside.